What's going on, y'all? Welcome to episode 23 of the Half Price Concessions podcast featuring Bobby Meesmer Jr. Before we get to Bobby, we want to say thank you to everybody and anybody who has listened to any of our previous episodes, or if this is your first time listening, we sincerely appreciate you being here. Do us a quick favor if you can. If you're listening to this episode on a podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Himalaya, Overcast, any of those things, if you're listening in on one of those, hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us out a ton in getting this podcast to a bigger audience and would just really mean a lot to us. If you can take 10 seconds to do it, we love you to death. Today's guest is modified racer Bobby Meesmer Jr., Lately, Bobby has been making his name known as a winner on the former NASCAR wheel and Southern Modified Tour, as well as being a winner in his modified at Bowman Gray Stadium and being a competitor on the Southern Modified Racing Series circuit. In this episode, we sit down to chat with Bobby about how he got started in racing, taking back to his days of being a regular at Concord Speedway, and what his plans for 2020 are. So sit back and relax. Episode 23 of the Half Price Concessions Podcast with Bobby Meesmer Jr. is coming up in just a few moments. This episode of the Half Price Concessions Podcast is brought to you with support from Performance Center Racing Warehouse. In addition to being the home of the PRW chassis, Performance Center offers in-house setups and consulting, plus suspension and chassis pull-down analysis, along with their fabrication shop that can reclip your race car with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Give Roger Johnson and the Performance Center team the chance to earn your racing business by calling them today at 704-838-1400 or visit them online at performancecenter.com. That's P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com. Here on the Half Price Concessions podcast, and my man, former Ted, Bobby Meesmer, joins me here on the show. Uh, First and foremost, Bobby, thank you for taking time to do this. And I do want to ask off the top, I don't even know where I got that nickname for you. I think you had come to run a few races at Ace in the 17, and I guess I saw it on your Facebook or something. Where in God's name did Farmer Ted come from? <laughs> so, so Farmer Ted came from actually my car owner, Kevin Hughes. Uh, we, um, I guess it dates back to, we were still running late models. And uh, he always said I was kind of like a farmer, especially at this shop. I, at the end of the day, when I was done working, I just dropped what I was doing and went on to the house. Uh, and a lot of times that's what you know back in the day farming farmers would just leave their plow or whatever in the field and go home eat dinner and start back over the next day and uh, so he gave me a hard time about that well then it kind of revolved into who could come up with the most creative tool to get us out of a any kind of situation at the racetrack uh, so then it just kind of it was a nickname that stuck with me but was really just a phrase that we used throughout the race team, and uh, kind of like an inside joke, sort of. Yes, and uh, you know, every, every time somebody would see something that was, you know, say, creative, uh, you know, Kevin, for instance, he gave me the nickname. Um, he took a, 
a chisel. We needed a half inch Allen socket and he took a chisel that just so happened was a half inch Allen socket end, but he cut that end off, stuck it in a socket at the racetrack and we were able to use it. So we called that a Farmer Ted socket, you know, so it's, <laughs> and it was just, uh, just stuff like that. And it just kind of stuck, you know, and then whenever I went over to the stadium and started running over there, it's, it was something that, you know, the fans kind of took a liking to. And um, so I'm good with it, you know. Uh, I think uh, I like it just because it's unique. So many <laughs> nicknames in racing are like rocket, missile, <laughs> hurricane, like something that denotes speed. Yeah. And Farmer Ted's just different. I was yeah. like, I like different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. And, you know, and the Farmer Ted logo, you know, it's got a. This thing's got a logo? Yeah, it's got a logo. I have not seen oh, this. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's got a. <laughs> Uh, old Sunoco 76 oil drum that's like busted with oil pouring out and there's a monkey with overalls on, busted up boots and a 14 hat. Uh, so uh, that's, that's the Farmer Ted logo. Um, so yeah, it's um, something that's also unique. I hear you. you yeah. know, one of the things that drew me to you was I remember doing, I think I did a, a when the wheel and southern modified tour used to wrap up their season at the quarter mile at charlotte and i think i went there to do a few shows with ozzy altman and basically give ozzy a break from all the screaming he was doing as the announcer and i was looking through the names and stuff and i noticed you and i was like oh that's someone close to aging me because we're only i think two or three years apart so where did you how long have you kind of been been racing because i got a feeling it's going to not be too far off of when I was trying to like learn how to kiss girls and <laughs> going to elementary school. Uh, well, I, you know, I grew up around racing, and my dad and them they had they had cars. Uh, him and his cousin, uh, but I my mom didn't allow me to actually get behind the wheel of a race car until I was uh, eighteen. Uh, I, I, I raced some go karts uh, a little bit, um, and it just wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, my senior year in high school. Uh, my project actually was uh, I built a four by four pulling truck, and my uncle um, he uh, he was pulling tractors at the time, and I was going to pulls and stuff with him, and that's where I, you know, I got the interest in pulling, and I did the truck deal, and um, it just wasn't enough adrenaline. I mean, I you know, go down, pull down the you know the track, pulling the sled, and it just just didn't last long enough. Yeah, and uh, well, about about a five second hit at most. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I, I wanted more, and uh, I, I told uh, I told my dad I wanted to race, and you know all I'd ever really raced before that was go karts, and it was you know at the eighteen I think I was like twelve when I was racing go karts, so it was six years later, and uh, I was working for a scrapyard just down the road from my house, and. Uh, we um, we were able to. Uh, I worked a whole week. I worked out a deal with the boss man there, KNC Auto Salvage. There was a car that came in uh, that uh, was um, like what had been winning in the front wheel drive four cylinder classic Concord. Uh, kind of so like all those old Mustangs and stuff like it was that. Actually, it was all, it was a front wheel drive class. So oh, okay. So it was a, it was a Honda Civic, eighty six Honda Civic. And I worked out a deal. They said $100 for it. Well, I worked all week after school for $20 a day. So it was, I worked all week to get that car. I drove it home. 
and I'll never forget my mom coming out on the back porch. Me and my dad had already started stripping it. And uh, she's like, what are y'all going to do with that? And I'm like, I'm going to race it. She turned around, went right back in the house. <laughs> and, uh, so, well, uh, she was it the whole "I'm not mad at you, I'm just disappointed" thing. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know really. It just was she. She knew, I guess, at that point, there wasn't really much she could say or do. Um, I mean, she was still my mom, so I mean, she could jerk a knot in my head. But it was, uh, it was to a point where she gave up, I guess, and uh, wasn't going to fight it. And we, uh, we were able to. You know, put that car together, went out to Concord. I think it was my third race I won. And uh, it was kind of cool because one of the guys that was dominant in the class, my dad and his cousin, when they were still racing at Concord, raced with his brother. So, you know, it was still same people, just another, you know, uh, I guess you'd say generation, uh, even though Mark Harris, which was dominant, he was an older brother of the other two. But uh, so I was new being a Miesmer because my dad's cousin was a Kepley. But they, so I kind of flew under the radar just that short amount of time. Yeah. And they're like, man, who is this kid? I actually bought the tires and wheels from the guy that had been dominant all this time. And so it didn't take very long before he stopped communicating with us or talking with us but uh as part of being a competitor as well but I was hooked um we won I think three races that first year and we found out right quick we needed to build another style car and we were able to do so and um we uh went on I think I won uh, we ended up building a 86 Honda Prelude and um that car is still sitting in the barn behind my house right now. Uh, it's got 29 wins on it between Concord, wow. Hickory, uh, Friendship at that time was asphalt. I was about to ask if you'd put it on dirt. And, so, uh, nope. <laughs> and uh, I didn't run it on dirt. Um, now, the reason why the car is sitting in the barn right now is, you know, as I moved up the ranks, I had crew guys that, that had raced in the past. Uh, so I, I kind of used it as a tool to thank them. I let them race the car. So I got a buddy of mine, he, uh, Darren Anderson, he, uh, he ran it at Carolina Speedway a couple times. And um, then Ben Smith, he's a spotter for me, he ran it once at Dillon. And uh, I'll just leave it as that was the last time it probably will ever race, but uh, gotcha. <laughs> it's, uh, it holds some sentimental value. Uh, you know, being one of my first, it was definitely the first car I won my championship in and, and so on and so forth. So It's probably still pretty stock, isn't it? It's probably got, I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning something that's still got DOT tires on it, might even have a working radio in it, but kind of basic, not, yeah. not, not like a full-blown race car, just I, like some safety additions and some seat belts and go. Yeah, it's pretty close. But I have to say my dad was, uh, being the racer that he was, he... He actually got me thrown out of a couple races by removing more than we probably should uh, on the <laughs> on the vacuum side of things, uh, and we had to actually ended up buying another car um, that was street worthy and found the one thing that was actually throwing our motor. They were basically checking our motor and saying that our camshafts were illegal, 
and we're like, it wasn't passed a vacuum test. And we're like, man, that's a stock motor. Yeah, how can this fail? <laughs> how can this fail? <laughs> so, uh, but what it was is where he had removed all the vacuum stuff out of the car. There was a map sensor, and it was just an electronic little map sensor that would take the vacuum from what would be legal to not legal. And um, we were able to take that piece out of the the street-worthy car, put it in to our race car, just that one little spot, and uh, and make our car legal again. And yeah. it didn't change nothing. I mean, just that one little electronic deal that uh, vacuum hooked up to. And so, you know, long story short, yes, it was a stock car, but my dad, he, he, he wanted to he make hopped sure. He it up. He wanted to make sure it was, it was every little weight that we could take out of it. We took out of it. You know, that class, actually, we had a few other drivers that uh, I raced against uh, after I quit running four cylinders and started moving up. I had a couple of the drivers I raced against that actually drove my car uh, just to keep it active. And um, they they started running to where if you won, you added 50 pounds yeah. to your car. And it actually beat another car equivalent to, you know, same identical, another Prelude, 300 pounds heavier than the other car. Wow. So, so uh, <laughs> that thing had something yeah, that the it, other ones but didn't. It just, yeah, it just uh, it handled well, and but it was it was all you know my knowledge and my dad had, and you know uh, had that as a as a definitely an advantage coming into you know a series. That I you know I was new to racing, but all them other guys didn't know who we were until you know. We made a big scene. I can't imagine whipping that thing around Concord, you know, with the triangle and how much how much speed it carries in like a tour type modified, much less that four cylinder. You had to have one heck of a gear in that thing, so that thing would just keep eating yeah. as much as a four cylinder could. Well, I mean, you know, it, you still had to run the stock gears, which we had all oh, that okay. stuff. Uh, but you know, I, I tell people, you know, that asked me about Concord when we were still racing there. I didn't drive the four-cylinder car any different than I did my super late model or my late model stock or even the modified. Uh, the granted, line stayed the same. The, the line would stay the same. Uh, granted, the speed was difference was quite a bit different, but as far as the line, uh, I drove them all the same. Um, and people don't want to believe that, but there's there was a lot of times, I mean, that's the last, one of the last modified races I ran there at Concord. Um, was North South shootout there? You know, hell, I started dead last, shotgun on the field, and I think by lap sixty, I was leading it. Wow! Uh, but uh, you know, we led a good bit of that race. Ended up coming up short at the end, but uh, but it was I had a I guess you could say the signature move. My dad always calls it anyhow signature move. Uh, high, low, and three and four, you know, I'd, I'd run real high up against the wall and wait as long as I could to turn in. And as long as I was clear to the bottom, uh, I would turn underneath people and pass them coming off four. And, you know, a lot of people would, a lot of people want to drive to the bottom, which would make a car push up in the center. So then it would just open the door up. But uh, any other racetrack, you know, you go to, that's where you want to be at. It's driving down into the bottom first on entry, corner entry, but Concord's a little bit different uh, with that D-shaped, and uh, it was just something that I'm going to miss for sure uh, yeah. now that it's sold, but, uh, you know, but I can always look back and tell stories. 
See, for it's it's amazing to me because I've only known Concord as just north south shootout and going for special events. It's I don't know anything about the weekly stuff. So as as you were kind of coming up, and then we we get to the point where you move up in class. I mean, how good was it doing? Like as far as like was it was it pretty good twenty thirty car. Uh, like fields and stuff at Concord or was it kind of starting to hurt a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, your your support classes was good. Uh, your late models, you know, started dying off in, uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, but your support classes was always really good. Street stocks, four-cylinders. Um, but the late models is where they hurt. Uh, but I mean, the other tracks are there's so many other tracks around at that time. Uh, you know, whether it be uh, pay that drug people away or you know the the people running the place, uh, you never know. Uh, I do know a lot of people would say, you know, man, you, when you wreck at Concord, you really tear a race car up. That's well, what you would think as you're going so fast. Yeah, and I, I, that always stuck in my, my mind. Uh, but in 2006, I actually left Concord and for a year and went and raced Hickory. And I'll never forget the first time on the racetrack. Uh, it was cold, you know, get up March. <laughs> it was cold out, and we were running Goodyear tires there, and uh, those things were like blocks. But a guy goes down into turn three, first lap of practice, backs it in, and the rear clips up on the back, you know, up on the back glass, and I'm like, People say you can tear your car up bad at Concord, but it can happen here at Hickory too. I'll, yeah. I'll never forget having that thought. And uh, so it just, I would say it's just, it comes down to, to the people, you know, what you choose. You want to go fast, you better go to Concord. If you want some, you know, rough bumping around racing, rough racetrack, be Hickory. If you want to beat and bang and not really race, go to Boom and Gray. Uh, <laughs> But uh, and be seen in front of a bunch of people. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what hurt Concord just over the time. Is just maybe the people running it um, and not taking care of the racers and, and make them want to come back. But uh, I know in my dad's, I've looked back at some of the street stock races my dad and them ran late 90s, right there, early 2000. You know, it was 25 cars plus showing up every week. Uh, and, you don't see that now. It, no. You know, it, you know, everybody's looking for 12 cars now, 12, 14. And they're and, happy with that. And they're that. happy, you yeah. know. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of things have changed. Um, but, you know, you just try and look at all the positives. You know, yeah. you know I, I really enjoyed coming up to Ace last year, and I think that's another track that's thriving. Uh, and, and I wish all them the best as well. I know they, uh, they're trying to do a new modified deal something that definitely interests me but uh, you see how that goes yeah so tell me about what gets you out of four cylinders and into the the full-size cars the eight-cylinder motors what how, how do you kind of get to how, that point all right so uh, when I was wrapping up the four-cylinder we had won so many times it was actually uh, the very last race I ran in the four-cylinder at Concord I actually qualified and raced at the same time it was a green, white checkered. I was the only car that showed up. Um, and uh, we pretty much, everybody went neither. They were running Hickory or, you know, other racetracks. And um, 
I, I just went ahead and I was like, all right, this ain't no fun. We got to go somewhere else. Uh, but my dad's cousin was racing at Concord at the time, so it was kind of hard to go anywhere else. But I had a guy that my dad's cousin was driving for, Rodney Helms. He had a pure stock car, 72 Chevelle, that uh, he um, had a guy that was driving it and, and won races in the past. It just wasn't getting 100% of the job done. and. He uh, he asked me about driving it if I'd want to drive it. I'm like, yeah, of course, heck yeah, you know, I get to drive a V8 car and yeah, you know, a little more power under yeah, your foot. Yeah, it was still gonna be on street tires, but I was like, heck yeah, you know, I'll give it a shot. And uh, guy weighed quite a bit more than me. It was like I think it was like 60 more pounds. We took the car and we just put my seat in it, put all the weight to get it up to weight right where the driver's seat was because we only had a week from the week he asked me and him and the other driver went their separate ways. I got in it um, to go so we didn't have time to change nothing. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, I got in it for practice, never turned a lap in this car. I remember watching the guy like he was always sideways, like he was loose. And uh, so we go out and uh, I practice and this thing is so tight. <laughs> I'm having to back off through the dog leg. I mean, I'm backing off. And my, I come in, my dad's like, you only ran like five laps, what's wrong? I was like, this thing is plowing. Like your arms are hurting yeah, trying I'm, to keep I'm, this thing I'm, down. I'm, I'm having to back off through the dog leg, and you don't want to back off. And he's like, why are you having to back off? I said, because it won't turn. So he's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah. So he frees it up a little bit. I go back out, run again. Second practice, I said, this thing is still tight. And he's like, you sure? I, said, I swear, I'm plowing. He's all right. So he put another rubber in the right rear. And uh, I can't remember how qualifying worked, but I know it was some type of invert. Um, and I ended up, this is my first time in a big car, and uh, I drew the pole. Oh, man. And uh, <laughs> my mom's friend, best friend, you know, uh, sitting on the hill with her boyfriend. He, he ran in pure stock as well. He was leading the points, I believe, or in the points battle. I wasn't, obviously, being the first race. Uh, he started third, and, uh, you know, they're like, well, are you going to drop to the back? You know, hell no. I'm no, gonna, I drew I'm the gonna, pole, I'm man. I'm going to race this thing, you know. <laughs> well, uh, I know my mom and them they, and Marcy they, on the hill, they had to be sweating, biting their nails because me and Steve – we take off and uh, I ended up, I led every lap. He, he was nice to me. I was tight, the car was still tight. There was a few times he got underneath me, I remember, and uh, we made contact, but then I'd make a, you know make away. And I ended up winning the first time I ever sat in this damn car. And um, You sound a lot, you sound spoiled compared to some of these other guys <laughs> who are like, man, it took me three years to win a race. Yeah. You won the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, a, I, I thought it was you know pretty lucky anyhow, you know, it's, I got the best he had done that year, and it was third, and I got in it and win the first time, so that didn't look good on him. I was really kind of friends with the guy as well, you know, the previous driver. It took a little while for that to heal, but, uh, you know, so I won in it, and I think uh, we did, we were able to work on it from there. I won three, uh, I think we ran six races in that car, but at that same time, me and my dad had uh, sold our pulling truck that I originally started in, and I wanted to buy a late model or get a late model. And uh, we bought a late model, a limited late model. 
and that had already been running at Concord. And that was same it a year, perimeter car or was it, it a was, straight rail? It was a perimeter car. It was actually a Hamke uh, perimeter car. Uh, they had built some three-link cars back in, I guess that was like 2003, uh, 2002, 2003. But uh, ended up uh, that same year, I, I, I I ran, I could run both. I ran both uh, pure stock and limited. Um, and ended up, I was running second to a guy in limited, um, Kenneth Cook. I grew up watching him race um, and I was all over him. I, I could see it now sitting here um, all over him. Kept, I couldn't figure out how to pass him. But you know, yeah. here I'm running second. By, I think it was my second or third time in a late model, but I just couldn't figure out how to pass him. He was loose and you know, I, I just couldn't figure it out. And uh, I do remember there was 22 cars in that limited race, so it was, it was still booming. You know, it's, track. Good. it's good crowd. And, uh, and, um, but I ended up, I, I still swear I didn't, I didn't spin him, but they put me to the back. <laughs> you, me did you make back. some contact? We came off turn four, uh, coming to the start finish line. I think it was like nine to go. I mean, and he just, he, he lost it. Um, but uh, I say I took the air off a spoiler because I remember watching my mom, she videoed, that's how she got through all the races. She would video them. So I, I remember watching it over and rewinding it back, trying to see, you know, if there, yeah. if there was, if I actually did make contact, because I swear I didn't. But uh, anyhow, I restarted 22nd and I drove that car. I couldn't pass that one car for the lead clean, but I passed. And I ended up, I still finished third that night. Nice. And I'm like, <laughs> nine laps. I passed all them cars. There was a few times I, I made some moves that I shouldn't have been making, uh, you know, thinking that it was a four-cylinder still, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it definitely uh, was an eye-opener. And then, then I knew, okay, I can, I can pass. I can pass. I'm, it's no different. It's just going a lot faster. But... Uh, yeah, so that was 2005. That's that was the year, you know, won the tra track championship in mini stock, drove up pure stock for Rodney, won some races, came up short uh, on winning a limited race in, in you know that year, the handful that I ran, uh, but uh, it was something that would have been really nice to achieve but uh i just came up short by one spot i finished second in the race and limited but if i don't want a race i'd have been the first driver to win in three different classes yeah in the same year uh but uh just came up short so uh but yeah so that's that's how i made my quick move up from front wheel drive four cylinder pure stock right into a limited late model and um you know, the rest was history. Um, Sound yeah. like you just had the hand-eye coordination like really quick. Yeah. You know, like some people seem like it, it takes them a long time to develop it and other people it's just like it just comes so natural, like you just can't help it. That sounds like it was kind of you. Yeah, I mean it, uh, you know, the pure stock deal was probably the most fun I had. And I, and I, I left this part out whenever we got the limited car. You know, my dad, my dad, uh, we went and got the car, we brought it home. We didn't do any, hardly anything to it. Uh, scaled it out for my weight, but then we took it to practice and I, like a Thursday night practice. And he's like, you know, if you can run a 1730, then we'll we'll we'll, we'll think about racing it. Yeah. 
And I think it was like my third lap. I ran a 17, 31, you know. And <laughs> it didn't like, take long at and all. He's, and he's like, and I, so I come in, he's like, what do you think? I'm like, man, this is a damn race car. Yeah. You got to think, you know, I was running a class that had street tires, uh, both both classes. Four-cylinder car had street tires. The pure stock car, 3,400 pounds, had street tires. Well, hell, you put me in a 3,100-pound race car. That is a purpose-built race that car. That is a purpose-built race car. Hell, it was easy. Yeah. yeah it was easy <laughs> to drive. I mean, here at that 3,400-pound street stock, I was having to freaking drive them wheels off that thing just to keep it going. Uh, but I look back at that, that was the most fun I had racing. Uh, where the late model is, you know, gets more technical and stuff, but uh, but it was still, yeah. I think that's. I learned how to drive in the street stock and the four cylinder, and then whenever I got into a purposely built race car, it, it just made it easy. See, that sounds like the model. I feel like I wish more young guys were forced to take. I feel like just from the outside, I see so many young kids who have driving ability, but they they kind of, it seems like they really quit getting that super late model that's got big brakes and it's got the big motor that will kind of pull them out of trouble sometimes. Whereas you, from where you came from with the four cylinder and the, and the pure stock, by the time you got to the purpose built race car, like you said, you were like, man, this is easy compared to the, the right. big old heavy army tank that mm -hmm. I was driving. Like, yep. I, I wish more people took that route because I feel like it, it made you appreciate it more, like you said. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it, I'll take it a step further, you know, I, once I moved from late model stock into super late models, we ran both classes at Concord, you know, and I ran, you know, every week, and uh, it, it took me a little bit of time to actually adjust to, excuse me, the, the super late model, where you had to manhandle the late model stock, get into super, it actually had the power, it had to offset where it, it was, man, it, it would really get through the corner. And you had a rack steering versus steering box, so it was a lot different. You know, and it, it, there was times in the beginning I struggled with that, but then we won in both classes. You know, and then once I actually made the move to modified, you know, the car owner, Kevin Hughes, he, that's all he ever talked about until I got in one, it was, you know, freaking modified, 15-inch tires, 600 horsepower, man i can't wait to get you in one and yeah and i got in it at caraway speedway come in after my first practice and he's the first one at the one in that he's like oh, what do you think and i'm like huh it's all right <laughs> and you could just you see didn't, you, you didn't give see, him no reaction you could just see his face like he was like you know a lost puppy dog you know he's upset <laughs> that i wasn't excited but then I, I got out and you know and i explained to him i was like you know i come from super late model that had a little less horsepower but it had a 10 inch tire hard and you had to manhandle it so getting a modified you got all that grip it just ate up all that horsepower um so i mean i, I every step you know it was man it got easier man it got easy yeah. but uh but there was a few setbacks there you know like say super late model late model stock was a little bit different i had to adjust but um but yeah you know it's uh I, I guess you could say I have actually done it the hard way, you know, and um, modifieds is where where my career will end uh, as far as going up the ladder because we're out of money. But uh, yeah, but it, I've had a lot of fun, a lot of success. So uh, I can't. Uh, there's no zero regrets.
I heard Bubba Pollard say the same thing about when he went and ran uh, the late model race at Martinsville for uh, Dale Jr. I think he'd run it the year before for Jamie Yelton, and he said something to the effect of, you know, that super can be a little more forgiving, whereas that late model, he said he had to drive the heck out of it just to run ninth or right. whatever it was. So oh, yeah. you're, you know, I'm hearing the same sentiment echoed. But oh, with yeah. that modified, first off, because of how you sit in that thing and it's and it's more to the left, how weird was the visual for you? Because it's not the full windshield and you can actually see the tires. How 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 funky was that for you? Yeah, now the first time I got in the modified, seeing the tires was the biggest. Uh, it's like, holy cow, man, the tires do that, which made me wonder what the tires look like on my late model. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the biggest change, um, being able to see the tires. Um, everything else was no different, but uh, but being able to see the tires move and, and get used to, you know, I had a you know a fender that I would judge off of on the left front, you know, for where I needed to be on the inside. Well, that's really your tire on a modified. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times, like Caraway, you'll hop up on the curb because you get too low. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's definitely a transition there. Was uh, another thing I think about with the modified versus like the super or the fendered car is it, it seems like just from the visual you got way less wiggle room as far as contact because with that modified and the exposed tires you're more apt to if you make too much contact you can run up on the guy and you can actually run over part of their car was that something else as well yeah. oh yeah for sure i mean there's been a few times you know you think you're going to rip the right front off of it and actually drive up on top of the guy in front of you and not mean to you know just just use you know figuring that judgment point uh, i know I, I ran up on uh last year first race of the year uh was running right behind hirschman at caraway and uh <laughs> i misjudged turn one he slowed down a lot sooner than i expected and i ended up on top of left rear quarter panel but uh you know no harm no foul besides killed his quarter panel and they still give me a hard time about it <laughs> to the day but, uh, when i see him but um but yeah it's uh it's definitely something you got to get used to um but uh, didn't take long yeah so you kind of you get into the the southern modified kind of scene which it just seems so different than like what you know the northern guys I, I feel like they're spoiled they got way more to choose from down south there's only like usually one option to choose from one of the things i found really interesting about you was one of the places you you got to run and win at was east carolina which i don't think is going to get to run this year and that when I, I went to announce one race there, and I was like, this is the funkiest asphalt track I've ever seen. Because that Degum hump in turn two, I felt bad for our 602s <laughs> running on the thing. What was that thing like in a tour mod? Yeah, um, yeah it's funny you, you say about my move to modified. So I have to touch on that is, you know, we made a big jump. We jumped head first into the tour. You know, we didn't go to Bowman Gray. We went to head first into the tour. And uh, we struggled that first year. Second year, got our you know feet under us a little bit, and the third year there, say we we made that trip down. I'll never forget it, it was 9/11 weekend. Um, you know, race got rained out on Saturday, ran it on Sunday. Um, I, until I set foot in there, I just could look at the overview overview of the place, and it looked very similar to Concord. Yeah, uh, just scrunch it way down. Um, and uh, reached out to my good friend, um, 
Bradley McCaskill won a lot of races there. You know, asked him for some tips, and uh, he's like, "Man, the place heats up tires. You got to take care of your tires." And uh, you know, it, it definitely is unique. It, 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 even though the shape looked like Concord, it wasn't nothing. Race is totally different. Race is totally different. Um, but, uh, but it definitely was unique coming up out of turn two. It's like you're going to go up a mountain. But, um, you know, and then three and four, it's real flat. But uh, that that race we won, it was, you know, I got to thank my pit crew and all. We, uh, I think I ran like fifth, and we, we came in and we pitted, and we got off sequence of everybody because we knew the pit road was pit road was tight there. And... Um, we actually pitted the caution before everybody, and we uh, we swapped left side tires, and uh, came in ten laps later, when everybody else came in, and we just put a right rear on, and everybody else had to pit twice, so they'd stay on the lead lap, and uh, that put me starting out outside front row with I think it was Jeremy Gerstner. He was actually staying out, and. Um, Ended up, well, we were able to pull it off, and that's yeah, that was my shine for the for the now dis, uh, I guess you could say deceased uh, Southern Modified Tour. Yeah, uh, which is a shame, but uh, yeah, that was um, my my one and only NASCAR Tour win, but uh, definitely one that uh, I won't I won't ever forget because it was it was it was nice. Do you kind of wish you'd gotten to the modified sooner? I know you said you, you, you went right up to the highest level, the biggest tires, whereas you could have gone, you know, could have gone to Bowman Gray where tires are small and maybe you could have learned more. Do you, you, you wish you could have gotten there sooner? I, I, there There is definitely with times I look back, you know, there's, I, if I knew that was going to be my end, you know, to end up in modifieds, yes, I wish I would have. Because, I mean, we had just got our feet really good and under us on the tour. I mean, after that win, we were, we were actually third in points going into the next race, and that was our third season on the Southern Modified Tour. And I look back, and it's like, man, that's that's pretty darn going good. Yeah. Uh, you know, we you had a lot of people. There that, were a lot of people still <laughs> running the tour at that time. Yeah, I mean, we had we had 14 cars pretty much every week, and and for a team that was totally new, and that's that's what I can't stress enough uh, to the Modifieds, we were totally new. You know, all the teams that we were racing against had notebooks that was years and years, 20 years, 30 years deep of notes from all these racetracks and all these different scenarios. Here we are, late model guys coming in and trying stuff outside of the box and then realizing, no, that ain't going to work. You know, the first year we got we to gotta be in a little more of a basic mode and then work from there and then to be as competitive as we were um that last year it, it sucked to see it go away um but uh you know we still you know ran some of the smrs stuff and and had some success there as well uh just um you know things change and go different directions yeah so the southern modified tour under nascar sanction and dissolves how do you get talked and ended up at bowman gray because that just seems like from from everything you've ran at Concord and, and you said you got to run at Friendship and then obviously the tour you're running different tracks. 
Then you end up at Bowman Gray, where it seems like it's just a completely different game. Did, did those tour guys that ran Bowman Gray talk you into it, or did you just want to go try it? Uh, well, Kevin, he Kevin, he wanted to go there, you know, and and I, I, I honestly, uh, I wanted to go there as well because I wanted to get back to a more of a Saturday night feel race. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to go to the same place every week and uh, and work on your car, and make it better, than to be traveling, you know. Eight different racetracks, you know, and you're you're only racing every other week, or it's it's tougher. It's tougher to do something, you know, get better with a particular car when you're not racing as much. Um, so, in 2017, once NASCAR had pulled out, um, we decided that we'd run for the Rookie of the Year at the Bo at Bowman Gray, and um, also do, you know, the SMRS series and. Um, that was way too much, but yeah. you know we we came away. I think we finished fifth in the points at Bowman Gray. Got the rookie of the year. You know I think I ended up fourth in the points in SMRS. Um, but uh, we got that hook. You know we had the hook in us. You know we we had ran second, third. I'd led some races and then have something break. You know it was on our end in 2017 at the stadium, it's like, all right, well, we know we can win there if we just put the whole package together. So went back in 18, you know, hey, this is all we're gonna do. We're just gonna run Bowman Gray. We're not gonna worry about the tour. And uh, we was able to put together some good runs at the beginning and had, you know, engine failure take us out of, I think it was the third race. Um, and, and there, for points-wise, you can't have any DNFs. Yeah. You got your DNF or your bad night needs to be still a ninth or a tenth, you know. Um, and so we had two bad races, and so it pretty much took us out of points. And but it, we still wanted to win there. Yeah. And I came away winning three races. And um, how cool was that to be down there in that bowl and all them people and. To be, because they only, you know, Bowman Gray, they only interview the winner, and you down there and you got everybody and God looking oh, at yeah. you. What was that like? Oh, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> you find out who your fans are and you find out who the ones that aren't your fans. <laughs> you know, uh, you know I, I'll never forget, uh, I think uh, the first race there I won, Frank was second, Fleming, which, uh, you know, no better person to have behind you that probably going to run you fairly clean. It's not going to lift your yeah. wheels up going into one. Uh, but I had uh, I had a guy that was my fan, I know, hanging over turn one wall, and he's giving me a thumbs up, and the guy right next to him's flipping me off, you know. <laughs> it's like, I was like, well, you know, if we pull this one off, you know, we're going to have at least one person happy, and I know one that's not. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely unique. It's, it's unlike any other place, and that's, you know, the history there is awesome. Uh, I hate that I didn't get to go back last year. I'm not going back this year. At least I don't have any intentions to go back. Um, to say I won't ever go back, I'm not going to say that because uh, it is a neat place when it comes to the it's fans. Got a, it's got a draw, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it's it's the it's, it's the fans. You know that's that's the part that that drew me in is, you know, there's no other place I've ever went and you have that many people watching you race. Um, but then the things that knock the wind out of your sails is the stupid things that happen as far as under caution, people running into you or, or waiting on you to 
yeah. can spin you out. I mean, that's that stuff that that could be stopped, uh, but it's not stopped because they want to have the drama. Yeah. And um, I'm at a point now in my life where I, I don't I don't want all that drama. I want to go and race somewhere and have a good time and uh, hopefully have that many fans. But uh, but it's it is unique. Uh, and, and I think you, there's probably only 25 percent of the people there that's race fans. Yeah. The other 75. It's entertainment value. <laughs> yeah. uh, but hey, you know it's what it, you know what you're getting yourself into when you go in the gate. Yeah. And uh, that's that's how we approached that last year. We uh, I don't know who knows what the future holds. It was funny. There's a clip on uh, Facebook. There was a Facebook page for the show that Discovery Channel had done a couple of years ago there that ultimately didn't work out. And you were one of the people that got interviewed for it. And I think they had, there's a few times in the show that there's camera shots off your car, especially that night that you and Bert, I think, bang wheels and you end up on the guardrail in turn two. I think that's the night I, I texted you afterwards. I was like, golly, what happened? Were you, did they indicate that you were going to be on that show in any kind of way? Because you never pop up like Bert and Jason and Tim and John Boyd. Did yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they, they got a lot of footage from from me, my shop. Uh, there was intentions of if you know further episodes that, that there would be more. Uh, but I think what took me out of contentions there was I wasn't a championship contender. You know, so I was in the beginning. Yeah. But after having some bad races, that took me out of the spotlight. Uh, but I tried my best to put myself in it. Hey. You know, <laughs> hey. you know. Uh, but I, and I tried to do it the nice way, and that was trying to win races. Yeah. You know, if, if you're winning races and you're up front, they got to talk about you. There you go. You know, uh, and that's 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 where I was at. You know, I, I remember that night because you, you know, scared was, me that I night. I was going, I was going to win. Bert was there to try and points race. You know, I was on the outside of them. There ain't too many damn people to run on the outside out there. You know, I, I ran five, four or five laps on the outside of them, and he, he, he crowded me coming off four. Not a lot of people know, but how the wall steps out there, it's, it's really tight coming off four, and we bump wheels. And it just, Bowman Gray's a big time rhythm. You get in a rhythm, and uh, it just knocked me out of my rhythm. And I jumped the cushion and rode up on the fence there, but, uh, you know, I felt like he was running me harder than he should have. Uh, especially when he's trying to win a championship. Yeah, that's just, I was I was just glad you're okay because yeah. I've seen people go over that guardrail on the front. I think Brian Weber, the coma modified guy, I think his car did it on the front stretch. And I was sitting in turn one with my grandpa, and I was like, oh boy, I hope this thing don't <laughs> make it too far up yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, so this year you're not going to be doing as much as far as it sounds like your own racing. What's been kind of occupying your time a little bit? Yeah. Um, so as far as my racing this year, I mean, I guess you could say I'm kind of semi-retired. Uh, I hadn't really made an official announcement or anything, but you know, uh, me and Kevin's got, you know, we still got our two modifieds. Uh, we pl we got plans of putting all our eggs in one basket and going to Martinsville. Oh uh, yeah, that's and, this year. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, we're gonna run a run a couple of the SMRS races at the beginning. You know, care away, make sure that car's ready. Uh, try and go test Martinsville, uh, run Martinsville, and then uh, once that's over with, uh, we'll we'll figure out what we're gonna do from there. Uh, but 
meantime, uh, my boy, he started racing, and we run over Wednesday nights at Millbridge Speedway. And uh, he's got, he keeps getting more and more interested, and uh, I'm trying to give him as big opportunity as he, you know, he can at the ripe old age of eight years old. But uh, he, um, he's tried all the stick and ball sports, and he wants to race. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure you were probably hoping maybe go play baseball. Yeah, well, <laughs> I still got a little hope. He's, he is playing basketball, and he is a pretty good little basketball player, but. I still got hope of that, and uh, you know my daughter, she's big, big in softball. So, you know, there comes a time. Uh, you know, racing, racing's been a part of my life. It's a, heck, it's my job. You know, work at Stewart House Racing, but uh, there comes a time, and, and I, you know, you never know when it's gonna happen. You know, I, I, I remember, you know, when I was in my early twenties, just getting started. Yeah, you know, man, I'm gonna race all my whole life. You know, I'm gonna do this forever. But uh, you know, kids come along. Oh man, I'm done. Well, I kept racing. Um, they love going to the racetrack. They love watching me race. But uh, certain things happen. Uh, you know, last year it took a took a lot of wind out of my sails. I come to my own racing, and uh, your mindset changes. And uh, yeah. that that happened that happened to me last year, and and I, I still got to drive to win and want to want to be you know racing every weekend or somewhere at a racetrack, but um, you know we just uh, it comes a time you just you gotta scale back and just take a take a little time away, and uh, thankfully this year Martinsville is allowing me to do that because you know we wanna we wanna go to Martinsville and run good. Yeah. So. That's such a big deal for guys. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know if people, maybe people that are five, six years younger than me. I'm, I'm 31, and I remember going to Martinsville for modified races. But even me at my age, I'm too young to have been there when like Richie Evans and and Cook and those guys would come, and how big a deal it was. So I think I'm hoping that thing is successful enough that Clay Campbell and them keep doing it because I see it, I hear it in your tone of voice. I've heard it in other modified people just how big a deal it is that you guys are going to even get the opportunity to, to race at that place i mean yeah. it means that much because yeah. i mean it's you, you think bowman gray's big no nah, philip martinsville <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah and i mean it's uh you know that's something you know since we started in the modifieds you know kevin being in the industry knowing clay no one knowing he's always talking about modified racing at martinsville and they're like, you know, well, it just got to where we couldn't fill the stands up. So it wasn't as main reason why they stopped having the race. You know, so thankfully we still got a car that we can go and support them and support that race, you know. And um, like I say, we want to do good for the South, even though we don't, we're not going to race a handful of times this year so we can do that. Um, but uh, look forward to hopefully – yeah, our goal is to go up there and run in the top ten, and uh, I think it's a pretty, you know, good goal. You know, and then see what's what happens after that. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, it's uh, it's definitely a big deal. Yeah, I get I get you out of here on this one Are you? because because you're a dad and your son's racing now, and it's something that he's wanting to do. It's, it doesn't seem like it's something you had to force on him or anything like that. With all the racing you've done. You've won races. You you know had your success. 
does the joy that you would have like winning a, like a Bowman Gray or winning a tour race, does it even compare to like the pride and the joy that you get seeing him enjoy racing? Like, is it, does it even compare or is, it, is that like a lot higher? You know, it's funny you ask that because this short, short time ago, two weeks ago, he, he won his first race on a flat cart. And uh, I get the same amount, if not more, enjoyment uh, out of just seeing seeing his face when he wins, you know, uh, yeah. as if I was doing it. Um, I'll never forget him strutting down through the pit road uh, at the track we were at two weeks ago, all chest bowed out, you know. But I, I'm also quick to remind him that, you know, don't get too cocky because I've been there. Yeah, you've you know, been I've that been kid. There, you know, I've been that kid. Um, but I also, you know, I get a kick out of it. You know, it's um, my dad as well. You know, he he's already said, you know, he, he enjoys it more now, I guess, because I'm doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's uh, the real reason. <laughs> but but he, he, uh, he, he enjoys uh, watching his grandson race, you know. And, um, yeah, it's uh, – definitely memories that are being created now that, that I'll, I'll hold on to just like my dad you know it's it's a little early now to know whether or not he's gonna keep racing because at um, some point girls are gonna come along in yeah, high school and yeah, life's gonna change yeah um, and that's you know that's <laughs> I, I always tell myself I'm, I'm I'm too hard on both my kids but it's uh it's the com- the competitive side in me, you know. Even though my daughter's playing softball, I want her to be number one. I don't, I don't tell her that I want her to be number one. I tell her that she's like number two or number three. But, but I want her to, you know, I push her to, to be number one. And uh, you haven't cussed out any umpires yet, have you? No, no, not yet. Hated discussion, maybe. Uh, some other coaches. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah. So I mean, but that's the racing side in me, you know. You know, and we go to the racetrack with my boy. There's, there's definitely in, in trying times, but you know, to see him win and be successful and enjoy doing something that I've grown up enjoying to do and still to this day do, uh, it is fun. It's fun. Um, you know, we we actually already kind of have a semi game plan. I'm I'm hoping it kind of falls through that or it continues to go through. Uh, and that's uh, Kevin's wanting to buy back. It's a pretty cool story here. Uh, when I met Kevin, I was 10 years old, and my dad and him raced in a shop across the street from where Kevin and another guy was building a street stock car, and that was in '97. And uh, I met him then. You know, I never did. I mean, we stayed in contact throughout the racetrack, but I didn't start driving for him till 2007. So. Uh, quite some time later but uh that street stock car is still floating around the same guy that bought it um is ready to sell it yeah and kevin's trying to buy it back and he wants brody to be involved with uh you know the things he can be involved in as a kid stripping the car down but uh i want to do a little project like that i'll probably run some street stock some of the mass stuff you know maybe the new year's race next year if we get it done in time uh, still haven't got the car, uh, but if if the deal goes through, uh, then that'd be his his next stepping stone, you know. But then again, he may not stick with it. 
but we'll still have a sentimental car of, of something that I watched race. I'll end up driving it, and then maybe one day he'll end up driving it or being his first race car. But uh, who knows? It's uh, that's that's the stuff I get excited about now, I guess. Hey, that's that's a that's a sign of growing, my friend. That would yeah. not have been you and probably in your twenties. Yes, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I appreciate it, Bobby. Yep. I, I still love getting to watch you race when I do. Yep. And you broke my heart at North South Shootout when your motor decided to not work. Yeah. But uh, I've always appreciated our friendship. And, oh yeah. Uh, I wish you the best, man. Last but not least, can't leave the show without uh, thanking all the people that make it possible for me to race you know Kevin Hughes Hughes Motorsports uh, as well as uh, Race Electronics um, Lead 2 Real Estate Frank Bolter been a partner of ours for quite a while uh, Z-Max Racing Products uh, new product new line of oils uh, cleaners, brake clean, all-purpose cleaner, waxes. I mean, that you name it, they they pretty much got it covered when it comes to uh, taking care of your engine as well as taking care of your car. Um, Ed Finnell has definitely uh, is, uh, has helped us out and um, keeping us looking good, at least the car anyhow. Um, but uh, Pub 49, Harrisburg, uh, Bill Cole, you know, anytime we need some chicken wings and, uh, and a cold uh, adult beverage, uh, you'll, you'll find me there. Um, you know, and my crew guys, you know, everybody that's been been with me, David, Darren, uh, Ben, they've been with me uh, through thick and thin, you know, last almost going on 10 years now, but uh, with a couple of them. But, uh, you know, that those guys become family. Uh, and, and and speaking of family, you know, my mom, my dad has been supporters from the get-go. And uh, my wife, my kids, you know, now I'm getting the experience racing with Brody. Is, uh, is uh, a lot of things that my dad uh, has already got to experience with me. Uh, so uh, I look forward to 2020 and uh, seeing uh, seeing what all we uh, accomplished this year. And, and um, trying to have a good time and, and most importantly, fun racing um, with uh, – with everything we do. Thank you for listening to yet another edition of the Half Price Concessions Podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, we sincerely appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode or any of the episodes we've put out. Do us a favor and hit the subscribe button if you listen to this podcast on a podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Himalaya, Castro, Overcast and Pocket Casts. So, whichever app you listen to us on, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a rate and review. It helps us out a ton. It really, really does. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at HPC Podcast and also find us on Facebook by searching for the Half Price Concessions Podcast. You can also find all of our episodes on our website, www.anchor.fm slash HPC podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you have a great day.